Hello, welcome to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast, where it is all about helping amazing physicians just like you create a wealthy life free from burnout and with the financial security to practice medicine on your own terms. I'm your host, Dr. Elisa Zhang. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast. Today's topic is target dated funds, which is likely a fund that you've seen as an option in your employer-sponsored retirement account. The idea behind target dated funds is that you can pick the year in which you plan to retire and the fund will allocate your portfolio to be more conservative as you approach retirement, choosing the best asset allocation over the years so that you can buy one fund and essentially fund it and forget it. There has been an increasing demand for target dated funds, which have become a popular retirement vehicle. The popularity of target dated funds is likely related to their simplicity. No more thinking about asset allocation. No rebalancing your portfolio over time. Invest in one fund and set it and forget it. Well, anything that sounds too good to be true generally is. With these funds, the fund manager decides the schedule for decreasing the amount of stock holdings, which are generally considered more risky, and then increasing bond holdings, which are traditionally considered less risky. This is the general algorithm used to make the fund more conservative as it approaches the target retirement date. Each fund manager picks his or her own thoughts of what is appropriate in terms of aggressive or conservative, and there's no uniform standard. So when you invest in a target-dated fund for a particular year, you don't really know how the portfolio will change over time unless you're regularly reading its annual reports. Many target-dated funds invest in actively managed funds, increasing the fees and the cost of the investment. This may not be so obvious when reviewing the expense ratio or the prospectus of the target-dated fund. So if you're going to invest in a target-dated fund, it would be wise to take a deep dive on investments within the fund. Take a good look at the cost and compare the cost of different target-dated funds. Look at what the target-dated funds are investing in, whether it's other funds or if it's individual stocks and bonds. Just like it's generally best to go with low-cost index funds, if you choose to go with the target-dated funds approach, go with low-cost target-dated funds that are investing in low-cost index funds. The correlation coefficient between stocks and bonds have varied considerably. As a review, correlation coefficients range from minus 1 to plus 1. Minus one would mean perfectly negative correlation, meaning that when one goes up, the other goes down. Plus one would mean a perfect positive correlation, meaning that both would move up together and down together. A correlation coefficient of zero would mean that the two are not correlated, so that when one goes up, the other may go up or down. That being said, there are times when stocks and bonds both increase in value and both decrease in value. Bond prices tend to fall when interest rates go up. If we look at historical rates, from January 1960 to December 1965, stocks and bonds had a low negative correlation of minus 0.12. From January 1966 to June 1998, there was a persistent positive correlation of 0.36. Then from July of 1998 to October of 2019, there was a persistent negative correlation of minus 0.27. According to the Bespoke Investment Group, the prior 200-day stock and bond correlation as of August 31st, 
2022 was positive 0.87, which is a really strong positive relationship. And unfortunately, both were going down. Ideally, you would have many different investment classes that are not correlated to each other, so that would smooth the ups and downs of your portfolio. If you only have two asset classes, it's probably preferable to have a negative correlation between the two. The idea behind having stocks and bonds to diversify your portfolio is that traditionally they have spent more time being negatively correlated than positively correlated. When you invest in a target-dated fund, you're still investing in a mutual fund holding stocks and bonds. The value of your investment is not guaranteed in any way. It is not insured by the FDIC either. Unfortunately, surveys show that many American workers don't understand what risks there are with investing in a target-dated fund. A survey of 250 American workers conducted by the Behavioral Research Associates found that employees who invested in target-dated funds had many misconceptions. 61% of people said they thought that the target fund made some kind of promise. When they were asked to describe what promise that was, examples ranged from "quote secure investment with minimal risk" end quote, or "quote it's like a guaranteed return on investment." Even when the market bottoms out, end quote, and even quote a comfortable retirement, end quote. Some of the other findings that they had included that over sixty percent of employees say that investing in a target date of funds means that they will be able to retire on that target date. Thirty-eight percent thought that target date of funds offered a guaranteed return. The truth is, there's no guarantee of any type with a mutual fund. 41% thought that there was no chance of losing money in any one-year period, which is definitely not the case. Again, target funds are invested in stocks and bonds, and they certainly can lose money in a one-year period. 70% think that they are equally as likely or less likely to lose money in a one-year period as compared to investing in money market funds. So, when you invest in a money market fund, you typically don't lose money except you lose the value of money towards inflation. When you invest in a target-dated fund, it can go up or it can go down. When it goes up, it can go up fantastically and give great returns. It can also drop drastically and really lose a lot of value. There's no predicting what happens with the stock market, or even what happens with the bond market. This information was presented to the SEC on June 18th of 2009. Another research firm, Janus, also conducted a survey of what people thought about target-dated funds. They found that 65% of target date fund holders believe that target date funds need to be combined with other funds to achieve their desired level of retirement income. Over 60% of target date fund holders also believe that these funds need to be combined with other funds to actually achieve a diversified portfolio. Approximately 60% of people invested in these target dated funds who rely on their employer the most for advice. Incorrectly, believe that target-dated funds provide pension-like guarantees. More than forty percent of these investors believe that target-dated funds is a fund that blends all the other funds in their four hundred one k for them. Forty percent of those invested in target-dated funds selected the year of the fund based on the year they expect to leave their current employer, even if they don't plan to actually retire at that time. Target date funds were developed to prevent employees from making really poor investment decisions when they were investing in their retirement accounts. Prior to target date funds, many people invested in their own company stock. 
Many Enron employees had 100% of their retirement savings in Enron stock, and they lost everything when Enron went bankrupt. There are other studies that show that if an employee has 10 options in their retirement account, they would often choose to divide up their money equally by putting one-tenth into each option. Others never made an investment decision, and all the money just sat in cash for years or even decades. I've actually seen this happen to a physician. I've coached a physician who had been putting money in her retirement account, but leaving it in essentially cash. She had been working for nearly two decades. That money sat uninvested that entire time. By trying to avoid losing money in stocks, this person, as well as anyone else like her, and she's definitely not alone, instead they lost money to fees from the plan itself and to inflation and lost opportunity to make their retirement funds grow through investments. If you want to set up investments in your retirement account and then forget about it, then a low-cost target date fund like those offered by Vanguard is not a bad way to go. Be sure to check the expense ratios of target date funds available in your work-sponsored retirement account if you're going to invest in them. If those expense ratios are significantly higher than the available stock index funds and bond index funds available in your retirement account, you may want to consider investing in those index funds instead. You could just choose a total market stock index fund and a total bond market index fund and just have two funds instead of one target-dated fund. A rule of thumb that's been suggested is to have the percentage of stocks in your portfolio be 100 minus your age. So if you're 40, you would hold 60% stocks and 40% bonds. With growing life expectancy, I think this is probably too conservative, and I would suggest using 110 minus your age or 120 minus your age as the amount that you should have in stocks to have a better ratio to go by. Be sure to tune in next week when I talk a lot more about asset allocation. If after listening to this episode, you are rethinking investing in target date funds, then I encourage you to tune in next week where I'm going to talk a lot more about asset allocation. If you feel like you're getting a lot of value out of this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you'd share it with your friends and colleagues. We can all work together in order for all of us to build our wealth. As always, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could share it with your friends and colleagues. And now for the disclaimer. I am not a certified financial planner, accountant, or attorney, and nothing I say should be construed as professional investment, tax, or legal advice. This show is primarily for your education and entertainment. I am a physician, but I'm probably not your physician. So if you need any medical advice, please contact your own physician. Thank you.